my son and I. We've been through it. We've been through a lot of it. My son and I. We're gonna do this. We're gonna make it through. Oh yeah. My son and I. I'm here. And I'm here too. Oh yeah. My son and I. We welcome you. Welcome to the journey. My son and I. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my son and I. I am Tahida, a.k.a. Lady T. Yes, 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 and I'm Egbert B., Egbert Bernard. Uh, This is my son and I, where my mother and I take a closer look at our relationships and smooth out the kinks. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Let's just get started. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Uh, So, did you hear about Paul Mooney? Paul Mooney has died. Oh, yeah. Actually, I just heard about that this morning. Uh, that's yeah. crazy. I know. Paul Mooney. I'm actually going to read from CBS.com. It says, comedian and actor Paul Mooney, who uh, collaborated with with uh, comedic stars including Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle, has died from a heart attack. Uh, that's per his publicist, Cassandra Williams. Um, yeah, so he's died at 79 years old. You guys, I'm just going to tell the people who Paul Mooney is, just in mm-hmm. case they don't really okay. realize who he is. We all know Paul Mooney. If you don't, uh, he's a comedian. They called him the godfather of comedy. Um, He's known for his work with Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle, like I said. Uh, He was the head writer for the Richard Pryor show. He's also credited as a major writer on a bunch of really popular, like, black sitcoms. He's like a black comedian's comedian. He's the godfather of comedy. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of black sitcoms like uh, Good Times and Mm -hmm. In Living Color Mm -hmm. and Pryor's Place. I don't know Pryor's Place. Do you know Pryor's Place? Yes, I do. Yeah, yes, I don't. That did. was obviously starring Richard Pryor. Yes, it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a major writer on that show, and I know him from obviously. Well, I know him from being a major writer on Living uh, in Living Color, but the Chappelle Show is where right. Paul Mooney entered my life, <laughs> yes. and uh, he's like literally a legend. Mm-hmm. I remember watching like uh, clips of Paul Mooney just sitting on a stage, just telling his stories yes. with a microphone, yeah, like not even really putting on or being mm-hmm. a comedian, just sitting there telling his stories. Mm-hmm. That's always been super inspiring to me but god bless him god bless him condolences to his family for sure yeah do you you have memories of any of those shows absolutely definitely Chappelle show and um i do um remember him on uh good times and and uh you know some of the movies he was in and stuff like that he was in a uh, one of my favorite movies Bustin' Bustin' loose oh that was a crazy <laughs> movie i just love that and um, I, remember, I remember him, like you said, sitting there just being Paul Mooney. Yeah. You know, just just in a, just this one man show where he's just yeah. sitting there talking, and it was just about him, and it was real stuff too. Yeah. And he made yeah. it funny. Yes. That's, that's what, what I think he like. I mean, obviously, that's what the best comedy is. I say obviously because he was been he's been called the Godfather of comedy, mm-hmm. but it is what the best comedy is made of, like just truths. Mm-hmm. You know, like literally just everyday experiences spun. To make you look at it from a different perspective. Okay. I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, he was. He was in a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Bustin' Loose and The Hollywood Shuffle and Bamboozled. Mm-hmm. Yes. I too. Yes. All, all of those Eddie Murphy movies. Um, yes. Uh, oh, which reminds me. So I was thinking 79. He died mm-hmm. at 79 years old, which is kind of young. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Definitely. I don't know if if it's young because I've gotten older, <laughs> because that's eighty years old. I think so. I think that's why. Because you know, you ask some little young kid right now, they be saying, "Yeah, that was old." Right. <laughs> Although I was at Vons a couple mm-hmm. days ago, and uh, I was I was on the phone with Memory. I don't know why that's important, but I, oh, because I was using her phone number anyway. Uh, and the cashier had her mask on, and I had mm-hmm. my mask on, and I was buying wine, and she asked me for my ID, and I was like, "Sure, I love being carded," and she was like, "Well, you can't be that." old how old are you and i was like oh well i mean i'm 33 she was like you're not that old i was she was like oh you're da, da, da. And i was like, okay well that makes me feel a little bit better and i said if you don't mind me asking how old are you and she said 23 i said oh, oh well i really feel better if you at 23 don't think that 33 is too old i feel okay about my station yeah, but i can see a 23 year old saying 33 isn't that isn't old because they oh, really? recognize yes absolutely because they recognize in 10 years they'll be 33 well that's but that's 23 you don't have foresight you don't really know what 10 years is you're only 23 10 years ago you were only 13 I, I know but i seriously think it's probably the person you're talking to is at 23 i could see me thinking 30 i think she was a little old. more mature at yeah, 20 that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Because that's not a... Co- 23? No, yeah, 33 think, seems yes. like an old person. Most most 23-year-olds are thinking about how they're indispensable in life. Exactly. There's nothing that can harm and They can't them. even imagine 30, yes. much less 33. Yeah, so she obviously was a mature young lady recognizing the fact that, dang, I'm 23, I'm getting older. And I, 33 ain't that old because that's why I think I'm I'm thinking Paul Mooney, 79? No, come on now. That's, that's not old because... Of the age that I am. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I think that's the only reason 79 doesn't seem so <laughs> exactly. old to me. I mean, it does. I mean, I can hear that it's 80. Mm-hmm. And I understand that 80 years old is closer to 100 than it is even to 50. So it is older. I yes. get that. But it, but to die at 79, I mean, and he lived a great life. Yeah. He lived an amazing life. God bless him. God but bless speaking him. of age, uh, mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell. Mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell welcomes a baby at 51 years old. Wow. Yes. Well, based on this picture, I can imagine that it must have been a surrogate situation because these are very light feet. Okay. Uh, She posted a picture on her Instagram and she posted a whole message saying how honored she is to be a mother. And this is a lifelong bond that she'll share with her angel forever. There's no greater love and all that stuff. But she posted a picture. Clearly, that's not a all black set of feet. I have to agree. I have to see the picture. uh, Absolutely. That's something. Something there. Yeah, yeah, that's a little, yeah, it's a little something in that. <laughs> something in the water and clean. <laughs> yeah, but she's 51. She'll actually be 51 on May 22nd, which is a good friend of mine, Raymond's birthday. Saturday. Um, Saturday, yeah. So she's 51 welcoming a baby. Um, which so I'm, I'm stuck on on age okay. right now. I'm stuck right. on age, <laughs> and because uh, I'm you know like my birthday's coming up, mm-hmm. and you know I get I get introspective and and retrospective, and I'm planning you know a, a big move right now, mm-hmm. and you know so time is 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 very much on my mind right now. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and a guy was talking about his neighbor. And he wasn't talking, but he was only talking about helping her. And he said, uh, he was talking about something totally different, but this came up and his sentence was, I have a 60 year old neighbor. And so I'm like, okay, I've got to help her. And the way that he said it, I'm I'm being a little more uh, light and jaunty about it because Mm -hmm. of where I am right now. But when he said 60 year old neighbor, it, it was like, you know, like the little old lady you go and help. And then it made me think about the fact that 
you're 60. Right, and I'm not that little lady guy. You're not. I'm actually the little lady that be helping. Right, right. (laughs) Um, And yeah, well, that. Well, thanks for stealing my sentiment. <laughs> I was trying. I mean, and it's not as flattering when you say it about yourself, by the way. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, no, but it is true that you're, I was like, dang, my mom is 60 years old. Mm-hmm. And she's so not, at least from my perspective, she's not that little old lady that when you see her, you want to rush to help. Um, but it, it. But you are 60. Yeah. Do you ever feel 60? No, not really. I thought, I, you know, I 60 I unfortunately had to make in the midst of COVID. I made 60 last year in mm-hmm. August. My birthday is also coming up. And um, as a matter of fact, I remember when the doctor told me your birth date, uh, August 3rd. Oh, you're going to have this baby August 3rd. And experiencing what I did with your sister, mm-hmm. they gave me November 9th, but she wasn't really born until November 26th. Mm-hmm. I was like... I literally told you, I looked down my vest, you better not be born on my birthday. I am not trying to have no, be no, and I was have no baby on a birthday. Okay. But you know what? It was crazy because they said that 3rd, August 3rd, and you were born August 3rd. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought you was ready for on August 2nd, but they sent me home. Oh, they said, wow. you ain't ready. Go home, come back when you're ready. Right. And August 3rd, I was ready. So you, you definitely right. But 60, I don't feel, a 60 is a, I really honestly agree that Age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah. And that's real because one person can be 60 and and look and feel 40, while another person can be 60 and look and feel 70. Mm-hmm. And there's 80-year-olds, as you mentioned, are 80. Uh, I know so many young 80s. They're not looking to be helped. You wouldn't even think, let me go help that person. They're still right. driving. They're still yeah. young. They're still, yeah. So I, I know that's me. I'm I'm young at heart, and, um, I, and it, I, it shows and everything that yeah, I do. Yeah, it does show. It does show. Because, uh, like, again, you're not that 60-year-old person that you know, it's hunched over and walking on a walker or just drop something and, oh my gosh, I should, I should go help her. You know, I should go help her. Um, I mean, like, obviously I help you pick up something if I saw you drop it, but it's not because you're old. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, it gets me on one of them days when I'll be like, can you get that for me, please? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. Cause, cause even me at, at, uh, 23, uh, yeah. I have, I uh, 33. oh, that was me. Yeah. Oh, she was 23. Yeah. Oh dang it! <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I even I have those days, so I can believe that you would have those days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, six has been good. Yeah. I just hate. I'm, I'm just waiting for the Rona to go through. Well, everyone's gonna be celebrating their birthdays because so many. I'm not the only one went through a birthday through the Rona, um, and didn't wasn't able to really celebrate. And I had these plans that I was gonna do this, do that, and everything when I turned sixty. And uh, COVID just stopped that. Mm-hmm. You know, it shut not only shut me down, but it shut the world down. Yeah. And um, so now I have, I, every time I talk to somebody, we all talking about how we all going to have a birthday party. And we might as well make it one big birthday party because it's going to be a birthday party for everyone that's there. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea. And, and we're working on it because, unfortunately, the Rona is still around. COVID is still in the air, y'all. Yeah. Where the mask is this. Yes, where are your masks? <laughs> um, but you talked about, I have two different topics in my mind. I, I just thought about how I pointed out the fact that Naomi Campbell's new baby has a light set of feet, a light skin set of feet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure people are wondering why that mattered. Um, but it made me think about um, a time where um, a friend of mine mm-hmm. What we we were talking and we were talking about having children. We're two gay men, so it was like, uh, how do you think it's going to happen for you? What do you think? How do you think it's going to look for you? Mm. 
And I was like, oh, I don't really know. I don't really know. I'd love to have a biological child. Obviously, that's just the ego in me and, you know, the human of, of it all. You know, yeah. you want to see yourself. Yeah. Uh, but um, but it probably will be by adoption. And he asked me, well, what kind of uh, what kind of baby do you want? Or, like, what color baby do you want? And I was like, I don't know, probably, like, almost if I get to choose, I'm, I'm going to choose a little boy. I want a little son. I want to, you know, just mm. teach a man to be a man and, like, watch him be a man and, mm-hmm. and be proud of him. And, and I, I, that sounds so exciting to me. Uh, and, and then he asked me, I think he asked me like, what colors? And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, probably a little black boy, like mm-hmm. a little black kid. And he was like, mm-hmm. really? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, because I mean, I would, I would imagine that you would have a white son, a white child. I said, why? Yeah, I'm black. Right. <laughs> like this, how? Right. I wouldn't have a white child. Like, especially okay. if I did it biologically. Yeah, but if yeah. I were to adopt, like, why? Like, I wouldn't. No. Yeah. I mean, I probably would want, if I were with, in, a, in an interracial relationship, if I were okay. adopting with somebody, I probably would want the baby to look like the two of us. So maybe an interracial baby. Right. Uh, but certainly, and, and because of no other reason. I mean, like, I, I, I don't want to. A white baby, like if especially if it were just me, yeah. Like I don't. You live the black life. How can you tell should have raised this white child with? Honestly, oh, I'm I'm I find that a little hard. I would want, yeah, yeah. I think I think I would want a a a child of color simply because yes, I come from a a person of color's point of view, experience, Mm -hmm. and so on and so on. My background, my just the things that I know, the way that Mm -hmm. I see life, right? Um, and I don't know. I'm sure that, you know, because there is something to being a child of your environment, a product of right. your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that this child would learn to adapt mm-hmm. to our environment yes. um, and his circumstances. How, I hope and, and obviously uh, to me, it's mm-hmm. obvious that his circumstances would be better than the one that I grew up in because now I'm in a position to be a parent. And I don't plan on doing that until I can do it successfully. Mm-hmm. And also... I'm now in a position, we're talking about me adopting. So mm-hmm. I'd have to, you know, so I think I'd be in a better position than I was in as a child, which is great, which was a great experience. You know, uh, we, we y'all kept it so that we didn't have a place. I mean, so that we didn't have a place to live or food to explain. Y'all yeah, kept it right. so that we didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. having a place to live or food to eat. Um, you know, like we had, I, I, I'm sure my sister felt the same way. I felt very comfortable in that aspect growing up. But I hope to 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 lend yes. a better experience exactly. to my children. Um, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to say I want him to match. Yeah. That sounds terrible. It doesn't really sound terrible because I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, most people, even like you said, even as a natural child, we want our child to be some semblance of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we... I always, I literally say, it's not what you give, leave, you know, not material things that you leave to your child. It's what you leave in your child. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, I understand what you're saying that they would, they can adapt. Mm-hmm. They, but, but when you look at this child, um, you would like to see a child that looks like you. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely, we already spoke about the experiences of life. How can you give a, a 
child of a uh, non-black child the experiences of a of their life when you live the black child's life. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know they do adapt, and, and I do. I think that it's not what you leave your child, it's what you leave in them, mm-hmm. and being able to look down and uh, uh, so many things play into that because. Mm-hmm. Um, I even read a statistics where people don't want to adopt, adopt black children or, mm-hmm. you know, so in that instance, there's another situation where, hey, you're helping a black child that may not, ne- not may not be able to have the life and experience that you're able mm-hmm. to give them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so many things that play into that, mm-hmm. but I have to try absolutely uh, I, I nothing racial or any racially mm-hmm. about it at all, but I would want to think that if I had an um, opportunity to adopt a child, I'm doing that. Y'all didn't raise two kids. I ain't doing raising no more. I'm doing the bats. <laughs> um, I would, um, I, but I wouldn't, I, w- I think I would prefer a black child as well because there's so many things on that. But the main thing is I would like to look down and see this little kid that, mm-hmm. you know, does resemble me in some way, mm-hmm. you know? So. I like the point of view of a lot of affording a black child, mm-hmm. a, a, a nice, a good experience, yeah. a good childhood yes. versus uh, some black children who are stuck in mm-hmm. their situations, in their circumstances. Yes. Some black children, obviously yes. not all of them, yes. not even, hopefully not even most of them by this time. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, what you mentioned, and so the other thing that I was thinking about while you were talking is you mentioned being pregnant with how, you know, the dates mm-hmm. that my sister and I came on. Mm-hmm. I was, I just would like to point out that I was perfect from the beginning. They said August 3rd. I came August 3rd. I'm a man of my word. I'm just joking. Mm-hmm. How that? Uh, that wasn't my word. Uh, uh, that was right. I mean, you had nothing to do with that. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but no, that was just a terrible joke that didn't land, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, uh... What was it like being pregnant? Do you have any, like, like what was it like? Do you remember being pregnant? Absolutely. I had one uh, with your sister. I was I was nauseous. Mm-hmm. I had, unfortunately, real, real bad nauseous situation with both my pregnancies. Mm-hmm. But with your sister being my first, I actually was prescribed a drug that after maybe two months of taking this, three at the most, mm-hmm. they found out it was causing deformities in babies. Oh, and Lord. Yes, that part. And I went through, I would say, definitely no more than a week or two of, oh, my God, oh, I'm going to have this deformed baby. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, oh no. God. But then I realized I serve a mighty, mighty God. Yes. And he answered prayers. And I say the prayer and ask the Lord to him, please have my baby be safe and not have to have any of these things because life can be challenging as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it can be challenging just as a child, as a black child, but not, not knowing cause I didn't want to know what sex I was going to have. I always wanted to be surprised. Oh, okay. Um, for I both. Did, for both. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And, um, and so I, I wanted to, uh, I mean, you having a deformity is makes life even more challenging. Mm-hmm. So I, I was praying to God that didn't happen. And I just, like they say, pray, leave it in the hands of God and work and move on. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nauseous, unfortunately, I still had to deal with. Now, with her, though, it ended. I was nauseous maybe about the first really long time, like five months, maybe six months wow. of my pregnancy. And as we know, it's nine. Um, but with you, unfortunately, I was literally sick, nauseous, uh, literally almost the whole nine months. Wow. And um, so I, but it was all worth it. Because I had this perfect little boy that was born on the day they told me he was going to be born <laughs> on. And he was perfect from the moment I saw him. And he has never, ever deviated from that 
Right. I was going to say, cut the, right. cut the crap. Oh, that's not true. We know that. It uh, is true. I'm perfect. Absolutely. I'm perfect. You came out of me. You're perfect. I'm beautiful, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I make nothing but perfection. That's right. Let's see you back on me. Of course. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but actually, I being pregnant was a great experience as well. I mean, I did do that. That was just, that was really, for the most part, the only negative that I had about being pregnant. Really? Everything else was beautiful. Um, your dad made me feel loved. Aww. He made me feel honored to be having his baby and I wanted it. This it's crazy because I've never had a pregnancy that I didn't plan for. I literally planned for you and your sister. Mm-hmm. Um, we I stopped taking uh, birth control pills and um, God bless me to be able to. That's the only thing I needed. Some women have problems with that, but mm-hmm. birth control took care of it for me wow. so much so that when I decided to, I wanted to have another child with you. It took me a little bit longer than I wanted to, but it did happen. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And I planned both my children. So How long were you trying with me? Uh, I would say a little bit over a year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, wow, talk about timing, divine timing. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I didn't mean for you guys to be almost four years apart. I was trying to make you about two, uh, a little, maybe a little, definitely less than three years apart, uh-huh. but maybe it would have been a little over two years. But uh-huh. it took me about, about a year, about a year and two, three months before I actually. Wow. Yeah. And what was trying like? Was it like, okay, I'm ovulating, let's get to the bed, or was it just like when we get to it? Well, we we didn't have moments we um, that we planned like that. We just we hey, we guys enjoyed say, your time and, together, and we enjoyed our sexual sessions. <laughs> so we had quite a few of them. So okay. um, it wasn't like oh we are ovulating. We we did what the doctor said at that time, but we did all in between too. So uh-huh. yeah, we made sure. <laughs> insurance, insurance, insurance. Yes, the whole yes. property, the whole yes. process, the whole process. Oh, okay, all right. Mm. Did you have any like weird cravings? Or- oh yes, absolutely. Um, with your sister, it was Domino's pizza. Oh, oh, and I was uh, practically the whole pizza. What would be on it? Uh, definitely sausage okay. <laughs> pepperoni. Um, your dad didn't like too many different things, but every now and then I would throw half the pizza with some onions, some bell pepper, and maybe okay. a mushroom or two here and there. Okay. But I like a little different things on my pizza. But yeah. for the most part, it was always uh, sausage and pepperoni. Mm. And we would sometimes order two because I would literally Ooh. practically eat the whole meat. We didn't medium, it wasn't large. Uh-huh. And I practically eat the whole pizza. With you, uh-huh. it's crazy, but it was peppers, jalapeno peppers. Uh-huh. I would sit there and eat a whole jar of whatever I'm eating with. I had to have some jalapeno peppers with it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I it was crazy because it was. I got so bad that one night I sat down there, I had a whole jar, and I was just eating them, just eating them <laughs> like candy, just popping them. Your dad got a little afraid. He was like, you're right. <laughs> he says, I think I, I'm going to be I'm gonna be up for a minute because you may have to go to emergency tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was all good. That I, was your booty hole. Sometimes it did burn coming out. That's when I didn't like. I don't mind it burning going in, but burning Mm -hmm. coming out was not a good thing. That's the punishment. They say nothing good comes for free or nothing good comes easy. Like, I love spicy, too. And it's funny, though, because growing up, I did not. It was too much. Like, a hot Cheeto was too hot for me until, like, I was, like, maybe 14 or 15. But it was, like, introducing the spicy to my tongue. I still, it was all overwhelming for me. But anyway... Nothing good comes easy. I no. love spicy now, but the it, the back end experience. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. You gotta pay for that. I remember yes. one time, 
Uh, so my aunt Wendy, popping mamas, popcorn, check her out. Um, uh, her uh, last episode, her information, you can find her. Uh, she has great deals too. Two gallon bags of popcorn for $7. I realized I didn't put her prices on there. Popping mamas, check her out. She has amazing flavors. And sorry to, if you hear my pages turn, I have to go back to my notes about how you can find popping mamas. Yes, popping mamas is a bomb. Yes. Mm, mm, those popcorns are amazing. I don't know how she gets Oops. them of each kernel to be popped like that. She's like a pro. <laughs> like, she pops them herself, and her popcorn, she pops it somehow where there is no... You know, like, the, the kernels, like, it's stuck in your teeth. She yes. ain't got none of that. None of that. Oh, my goodness. Popping mama, she's incredible. Please, my goodness. Um, well, I can't find it. Uh, her email address, though, but it's in the last episode, so just rewind to the plug section of last episode, and you'll find Poppin' Mama's email address. Oh, yes. my goodness. Goodness. Okay. Anyway, she's yeah. the one that put me on jalapeno with the popcorn. <laughs> so she likes a nice little. I was in my phone because I was looking for popping mama stuff. You're doing I was, other actually things. was too. I was getting ready to give you her flavors. <laughs> I'm looking for her flavors. It's so hard sometimes to keep her on task. He's so I do be having a check. Yes. Uh, anyway, so popping mama can to chastise me. I don't. I don't ever have to chastise you, <laughs> but you know if that's how you feel. Okay. Um. Uh. Uh, what was I going to say? Poppin' Mama, she's Poppin the one that Mama. put me on jalapeno with my popcorn. And there was a, a jar of jalapenos that I used to be able to get at the mm -hmm. Dollar Tree. It was like the brand is like Saint Saint something. I'm not sure what, what brand you're talking about, but that is exactly where I go get my jalapenos. It's a great tasting jar of jalapenos. I don't like that. the jar that they have now. The, okay. the jalapenos aren't pickled enough. They're okay. a little too firm and they're not spicy, really. I don't really uh -huh. enjoy the flavor. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but I, they used to have a better jar. And I used to go there. And get a jar and mm -hmm. eat it with popcorn. And one day, yes. I don't know what I was going through. I was in uh, New York, uh, and I wanted to pop some popcorn. And I walked all the way. There used to be a Dollar Tree on 145 and, uh, like, St. Nick around okay. there. Anyway, um, I walked over there and got some jalapenos. Mm -hmm. I know, like, not, not that you would care if that matters to you, but <laughs> uh, but y'all know, you New Yorkers. Anyway, uh I ate so much of these damn jalapenos mm -hmm. that I thought my booty hole was bleeding. I, I bet. I was going to say, I know your ass was burning. I thought I was bleeding. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. At one point, I literally took tissue and wiped it back there just to see if there was a sore or something. How is this burning like this? Mm. Yeah, so. It's not nice. Ain't nothing coming easy. No, it's okay. a price for everything. Yes. I like to say, ain't nothing free. Ain't nothing free. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. All right, then. Well, so, that was fun. That All was right. absolutely. Uh, I'm starting to, my appetite is warming for, uh, for to get a little deeper with you, so. Let's take a break and come back and get uh, take it to a deeper level. Let's get feed that hunger. All righty, we'll be back. <laughs> My son and I, and we're back. Yes, yes. My yes. son and I. Well, hello, people. Welcome back to our beautiful and favorite show. Uh, this is a segment of our show that we call A Deeper Level, where my mother and I ask each other questions to take our knowledge of each other to a deeper level. Mm. Do you want to start? I might as well. All right. Okay, all right. So, what would you say is your favorite holiday? Uh, I think you've asked me this before. I think it was a winter, like summer part oh, of the year, okay. but not a holiday. Okay. Yes. Uh, because it reminds me of that answer. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have lived in New York for the, almost the past decade, more than half of a decade. So, like, I've gotten used to Christmases there. 
and I really enjoy Christmas in New York City. Mm-hmm. And not even because it's not really snowing. It's rare that we'll have a, mm-hmm. a white Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love the energy around that time of year. It's like bustle is at its all-time high. I think I've already talked about this. But mm-hmm. bustle is at its all-time high. Everyone's working. Every Money is like at its all-time high of okay. the year. And I just enjoy Christmas. And usually we host Christmas at my apartment. Mm -hmm. So we'll cook a bunch Mm -hmm. and everybody will come over and... Uh, and it's just a good time. It's drinks, it's games, it's food. Yeah. And once everybody goes, you know, we clean up. Uh, we, we get started with the cleaning and we usually mm-hmm. finish the next day. And then and it's back to reality. Yeah. But I love Christmas. Christmas okay. in New York is fun. All right. It sounds what? like it's beautiful, too. I like the, I see the pictures with all the snow and all of that. That's stuff. what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. not often that it'll be snowing. We don't normally have a white Christmas. Oh, really? That's why I'm dreaming of a white Christmas as a thing, because it doesn't normally wow. snow uh, for Christmas. See, you learn something new every day, because I just knew it'd be storming and it's always winter. That's what they always portray on TV and, no. and Christmas time in New York. It's cold. It'll be cold. Mm-hmm. I remember my first winter there was the worst winter they had in 10, in, uh, over 10 10 years mm. we had a blizzard a month sometimes two a mm. month and on christmas day it was 50 degrees well that probably sounds warm i mean cold to you but it was warm in new york i walked outside in shorts that day i was like what and what right. 50 degrees on christmas i couldn't it was my first christmas there i couldn't believe it but no it's generally cold it'll be really cold but mm. it doesn't start snowing until like january january okay. february yeah. all right hmm. so you learn something new every day yeah uh, what's your favorite holiday um, it used to be Christmas when you guys were kids because we would all get together and exchange gifts and eat food and just have a great time. But that's all. We have a, a absolutely amazing, loving family. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we for whatever reason, don't generate lots of babies. Oh. And um, almost all of our my mom's grandkids, mm-hmm. she only has two great grandkids. She want to know what these grand, what her grandkids are waiting for, but. And ain't nobody having no babies. Mm-hmm. But um, so we don't really do that as much anymore. So honestly, I would say, um, so holidays aren't, those meant a lot of things to me. Thanksgiving, I would have to say, probably would have to come second um, now to that Christmas, which moved in the first place because of the cooking. Mm. Um, we still gather at Thanksgiving time and we cook all this food that, uh, we probably won't be eating that, definitely won't be eating that whole day. Mm-hmm. We have lots of leftovers. Everybody bring a dish, and mm-hmm. we get together and have an absolutely great, amazing time just being fat, full, and eating all day and watching movies and yeah. just enjoying each other's company. So I, I would have to say maybe Thanksgiving has become my favorite now. I used to really look forward to the Christmases and the Thanksgivings and the, the, the 4th of July. Remember Bertha? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, the 4th of July. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to look forward to that. A lot mm-hmm. of times, that'd be the only time of year that we would all get together as a family, the whole family. Mm-hmm. So I would look forward to those holidays. I, I miss being in New York. I didn't mm-hmm. miss it because mm-hmm. I was busy living. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think about it on those days and be and think about it and wondering what y'all are doing and the food that y'all are having. But mm-hmm. I didn't miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this past year, 2020, brought me back to L.A. So I got to have it again. Mm-hmm. I got to spend Thanksgiving with you and my sister in Dallas for her birthday. Yes. Uh, and then Christmas was with you. It was just you and me for Christmas. Yes. That was a lot of fun. That was. I enjoyed that immensely. I had a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, so it makes me kind of nostalgic about those times now. But mm. I wonder if when I get back to New York, if mm. I'm going to 
uh, fall back into the swing of things and just get right back to stuff or if I'm going to miss L.A. at all. Because yeah. I certainly have been homesick. Mm-hmm. I've been ready to get back to New York since I got here. Mm-hmm. I wonder if when I get there, will I feel like, ah, yeah. I'll find, I'm home. Or will I feel like, oh, L.A. Mm-hmm. A part of me is like, wouldn't it be hilarious if I got there for this uh, vacation in June and, and, and look around and be like, mm, never mind. I did this. Well, wouldn't that be? <laughs> I, I, I'd probably be shocked and, and, and definitely surprised. I would be shocked and surprised. Okay, too. absolutely. But, but I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked or surprised. Yeah. But I would be. Uh, I, I don't. I would be like, oh damn. I mean, I would roll with it, whatever. Mm-hmm. However, I feel because mm-hmm. that's just how I roll. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be very surprised, honestly, because yeah. because I spent a lot of time, as you know, looking at apartments. You got here today. I was looking at apartments. Um, and sometimes, a lot of times, I'm looking at these apartments, and I'm like, damn, this is so little space for so much money. Yeah. You have to, like, L- New York is a tough place to live. The weather is always shitty, 24-7, year-round. Mm-hmm. It's either too hot or it's too cold, or it's either too cold or too hot. Um, you, you, it's a walking city. You're on your feet all the time. You're, you know, you're, you're, it's go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. The bustle is is at a crazy high. It's a very fast-paced city. So it's and it's expensive. You have to be working. You have to be making money. You have to eat. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, to find time for friends because you've got you're so go 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 mm-hmm. go that you've got to carve out that time. It's intentional. It's a tough place to be. You have to love it, mm-hmm. or you have to have a reason to be there. Okay. Um, and right now, I'm more so just in love with it. Okay. Um, I could find work here. Um, a huge part of me, ha- I, I've been trying to keep, I'm surprised I'm talking about this because the thought of what if I get there and I'm like, oh, never mind, I'll just turn around and come back to mm-hmm. LA mm-hmm. has passed my mind quite a bit. Um, uh, because I can get work here. I can, you know, kick up some dust here. TV has always been a, a, a big goal. Mm-hmm. I could start, you know, to kick around some dust in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, um, my best friend Ty, my Ebte, is here. She's an amazing writer, and mm-hmm. we created a bunch of success together. And I kind of want to just be like, hey, let's do it again. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. And um, I was listening to her podcast, Welcome to Sugarland. Find that wherever you can find podcasts. Just put in Ty French or Frenchie, I-E, Frenchie, uh, into your search engines wherever you find your podcasts. Welcome to Sugarland. Not Sugarland with an R, but Sugarland. Uh, and I was listening to her last mm-hmm. episode. with her. She had her mom on for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And um, her mom was saying how she's so ready for some Thai French shows. Mm. Um, she's ready for that. She wants to go back to the theater and she wants to watch Thai French magic on stage. Okay. And even before that, I was thinking like, gosh, wouldn't it be funny if I just said, hey, I'm going to stay for another year. Let's make it count. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I don't you know, know how I feel about that. I'd be absolutely happy with that choice. Which is honestly why I haven't bounced it around to people because mm-hmm. I know everybody, no, everyone has their own objectives and everyone mm-hmm. has their own ulterior you know their motives or mm-hmm. whatever and everyone is going to lead with what they feel mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. so i haven't really bounced it off anybody because i know everybody's going to say okay well just stay i'll stay i'll yeah, stay and i'm like yeah but i gotta do what's best for me so yes, absolutely um so i am gonna go in in june mm-hmm. and and uh see if i can find an apartment okay. uh and if i don't then i'll stay or if i get there and i feel like ugh. Ah, I've, I've done this. 
uh, then I'll come back and I'll find an I'll find an apartment here, and uh, and make it happen and make it work here. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um. So I wrote down a question here. I was I think about the fact that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mama and Papa, when I was younger, used to have dogs and, and mm. pets and birds and yes. all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really seen them with, um, oh, listen to that. A siren in L.A. <laughs> it's not New York. Yeah. Look, I'm bringing it to, to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, did you guys have pets growing up? Yes. You did? Absolutely. Yes, we did. Uh, I should say they did. Mm-hmm. I never really was a pet person um, to that extent, like, you know, I got a dog, I'm going to feed him, I'm going to play with him, I got a cat, all of that stuff. Really don't even care for cats, so that that totally was out. But I just didn't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time to nurture a relationship with your pet. I think you meant to say nurture. Nurture, sorry. Nurture. <laughs> I saw you searching for it. Right. For uh, <laughs> this, you know, this, this bonding with the pet. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want it, didn't have time for it. I was too busy doing the little tomboyish things, running the streets, skating, yeah. BB guns, all that stuff. Yeah. And um, I didn't, um, but my parents and my sisters, oh, my brother, oh, they had uh, dogs and, and birds and, and, yeah. and, and frogs. Well, actually, I did have frogs. I But they weren't like a pet. I was just, why? I do not know it. But I was just... Inhabit just put, taking these poor little frogs and put them in jars for what reason? Don't ask me. I do not know. But I, it, it was something about this little phase in my life. We we lived in this like rural area, and right behind our backyard, this huge backyard, were numerous. Um, t- toads, they were called, really. And I, for whatever reason, wanted to catch them. We had snakes and all that stuff, but I'm not messing with snakes. Okay. But I would catch them in jars, and for whatever reason, don't ask me why, but I I had all these jars of frogs lined up in the garage, and my, my mom went in there one day, and she somehow made the shelf fall, and all of these frogs' jars broke. And these frogs were just oh, jumping everywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, my, my. That was the end of my frog days, y'all. <laughs> How many did you have oh, at that time? Oh, I think I had at least well over 15. Oh I had these jars. Don't ask did me what I was. Yes, or? I did. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I did feed them. I had these holes poked in the top. That's why I say it wasn't because I felt they were pets. It was just something that I just did. I don't know why experiment. I caught these little things. I would catch little bugs. Um, I found out one day they looked like little bitty babies. They had these big heads and these little bodies. And, and, um, um, they, they were called like these weeble bugs, like, and we we lived in this area, like I said, a rural area that all of these little exotic little animals. I was just that girl. I would catch a lizard, and if you know this, um, when uh, you cut the lizard tail off, it's still moving, it's still like wiggling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would catch the lizards, take cut their tails off. I was awful, and stick it on the end of a stick, and then chase my sisters. Mm. I I did things like that, so I didn't look at things as a pet. I looked at them as objects to probably Tor- torture, torture my yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I was off. I was terrible. So they were like, yeah, you were they loved you me. were Doctor Frankenstein, uh, yeah. except you weren't bringing them new life. You were, thank God you weren't like killing them and bringing them back. No, no, I wasn't trying that. So so the extent of your experiment would be to just 
chop off the tails of lizards. They didn't die. Right. They just kept going. They run on. And then with go. your frogs, you would, you would feed them ever, yes. every so often? Yes, or? by going in, feed them, look at them, see what they're doing. I don't even, I can't even explain that myself to this day, why hmm. I did that and, and what was my motive for that. Yeah. Maybe it was there just to scare the heck out of my mom when she <laughs> had frogs jumping everywhere. And were they just, it was just like in a jar, like no water or no? Yeah, like I put grass in there. I'll oh, put gra- okay. Yes, I would put grass down in there. And uh, somebody told me that's what they ate, and and I dropped like little worms or something in there, and okay. you know, just I don't, I have no, I don't ask me why, but I, this is just what I did. And that was the closest thing I came to having a pet I as think a child. If you were to to go back and define that, those were your pets. Yeah, yeah. So I say that. So I was the closest yeah. thing. I didn't try to bond with them and have a pet thing. Yeah. Um. As I have, as I, as you know, I have. As I got older, I was forced. To have a pet, and I, I'm she's still here, my pretty baby. Yeah. She's 20 years later, she's still here, my little Chihuahua. Yeah. So we do have a bond. I did finally bond. It's crazy because my dad pinched me when he saw I had this. He goes, "I, you're not my daughter. You never <laughs> wanted pets. You can't be my daughter with this little beautiful little Chihuahua here, loving it up." I was right. Like, yeah, Dad. I was forced on me, so I might as well love it. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, that's about it. I'm not out. My my parents. We, we even had a rooster one time. Uh-uh. Yes, froze. It froze. It froze on one what leg. What city uh, were y'all living we in? We were still in Louisiana then. Oh my goodness. Yes, it would get. It gets really cold there in the winter as well. Mm. And uh, we had this rooster that would crow every morning, wake us up. And one morning he didn't. So we were like, "Why the rooster?" And we go out in the in the, in the backyard, and he was still on his one little leg, like they like they put up a leg when they go, mm-hmm. and he was still like that, like he was in the midst of. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> that's so funny. I had a pet, my, I had two pet mice, as you know, mm-hmm. and one of them died. Memory. Uh, <laughs> I like to give her crap because she mm-hmm. killed my, my mouse. <laughs> uh, she told me to put a sock in the cage. It would keep them warm. And I went in one day and mm. uh, the first of the two, his mm. name was Jacques. He was all rung up in the sock. Half of his body paralyzed, dead, because mm. he had gotten rung up in the sock somehow. He rung himself up. Yeah, I was going to say he killed himself. He killed himself. Mm. And then uh, the second one, his he, he had really big balls when I bought him. So I named him Monster Balls. <laughs> balls for short. Well, one day yeah. I came home and Balls... Uh, was like dead, just like mid stride, like as if he was just running across the cage, mm. just like. Di- I was like, oh, that sound like rooster. Yeah, that's what that made me think of. <laughs> anyway, got any more questions for um, me? Yeah, I do. Let's see. Um, huh? Let's see. Oh, all right. This is a good one. Let's see. While driving, mm-hmm. because you know, my son, I, we've had this conversation numerous times. Uh, Finally, I we, he got of age where he, I would let him drive, and I had to tell him on numerous occasions, "You can't drive my car like I drive my car." Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so and I I have always been a speeder. So have you ever received a speeding ticket, mm. and why? Mm-hmm. I have received speeding tickets, <laughs> uh, plural. I remember the first oh. time I got a speeding ticket, I was in Aberdeen, Washington. Uh-huh. So random. Oh, uh, right. I was on tour with a children's theater company called Missoula Children's Theater based out of Missoula, Montana. And I was driving. Uh, they have a great documentary called The Little Red Buck, uh, The Little Red Truck. Mm-hmm. And I was driving The Little Red Truck 
through some place in Aberdeen, Washington and got pulled over and got my first speeding ticket. But because I was a resident of Washington State, Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to get there to fix that. And Mm -hmm. I remember calling the number or something like that years later and it was like just dropped or something like that. Um, But another time, my scariest Mm -hmm. time, one Mm -hmm. of my like, thank God, this could have gone worse Mm -hmm. uh, moments was uh, with with cops could have gone worse. I was coming from Vegas. Mm. I was driving the rental, I guess. It was me and my good friend Jessica. And we. it was already like after midnight when we left. And I. she had to get to work the next day. And I just wanted to get home. Mm-hmm. And there was nobody on the road, thank goodness. Uh, and I was driving like 123 miles per hour. Whoa. Like I was like gone. I got to L.A. in like an hour and a half, almost two hours. From Vegas. From Vegas. Wow. It was like two, almost two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, I didn't slow down, obviously, after I got this ticket. Um, and uh, I thought I heard sirens. And um, I'm just driving. I'm not, you know, I've got the music blasting, of course. Jessica's in the passenger sleep, uh, seat asleep. And... Uh, I go down like a hill and finally I I thought I heard sirens a little while before that. Mm -hmm. And I finally see flashing lights far in the distance. And I was like, Oh no, are they, are they coming for me? Like, Mm -hmm. so I slowed down a little bit and they finally caught up and the cop says, I pull over. I realize he is, he comes directly behind me. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so I pull over. He said, pull off the highway. I said, okay. So I pulled off and then uh, I turned and, He came up to the door and he was wide eyed and, you know, frazzled. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know it then. He goes, uh, he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm sorry. We're just coming from Vegas. Jessica was still sleeping. I said, we're just coming from Vegas. Uh, I'm just trying to get home. I know it's late. I'm speeding because, you know, we've got to get to work. I'm sorry. And he kind of calmed down. He said, I've been following you for nine miles. I was like, oh, my God. He I was in a high speed chase and didn't even know it. Right. Um, And uh, he said, "Okay." And he asked me for my ID and everything. I said, is it okay for reach for it? He said, yes, let's go get it. So I reached for my ID. I gave it to him and he came back and he was like, first of all, I just want to say thanks for being cooperative. And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. what else? How else is this going to go? Um, and he said, uh, I wrote you a ticket. I had to write you a speeding ticket. He said, but I wrote it saying that you were going 10 miles over the speed limit. He said, because anything more would have been reckless and you need to slow down. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay, cool. Thank you so much. And he pat the door. He was like, all right, get home safe. I said, thanks you too. Mm -hmm. But that could have gone so much worse. So much worse. Yeah. That's one of my thank God moments. That is. I see why. Sheesh. Yeah. Well, thank God, Doug. I'm saying now. <laughs> yeah, I have had speeding tickets. Okay. That was the scarier of the two times. Yeah. All right. What you got for me? Uh, let's see. Wow. I have a few here. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot to highlight them. Uh, let's okay. see. Um, I know that you haven't had too many roommate experiences in your life. Um, in New York, that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um. But I know that you have had some roommates. Yes, I have. Can you think of your worst roommate experience? Ooh. Huh. I, that's, a, that's a good question. Very good question. Um, I have had numerous roommates. Uh, not a lot, mm-hmm. um, but enough um, to see. And it wasn't... Uh, I, I didn't, it, the worst would have to be the, the one time I, I moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I actually um, associate this with one of my if I can roll back moments. Okay. Um, I 
was accepted to um, Grambling State University, mm-hmm. and I went. The summer had to pass. I was mm-hmm. still in high school, and the summer had to pass. And I chose to go spend the summer in San Francisco with my cousin and my aunt who lived together at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was a very not good experience. Um, when I got there, I noticed that they first of all they lived in a little studio. And it was too small of a space for two people, much less three. Okay. And by the time I had gotten there, they realized it was too much. It was too small of a space for two because they were bickering and at each other over silly, stupidest things that I knew weren't even going down. One accusing the other of this and that and stupidness. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I chose to stay because I start. I actually they were looking for a job, and I said, "Why don't I go with you? I I don't want to stay there while y'all go look for a job." And I got a job. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I started making the money, and I was living good. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm just gonna stay and make this money and live. So, and that that's why I associate this with one of my um, bad decisions because I should have went on to Grambling, mm-hmm. but I decided to stay there and make this money and live. But God had better things, and thank God I was able to rise above that. But that got a little ugly before I moved out. Mm, my I auntie bet. moved back because she couldn't take it anymore, and in the process of looking for a job, she didn't find one. And so she was like, I can't take this anymore. And she moved back to Los Angeles. I decided to stay. And so now me and that cousin stayed there in that apartment for a little while. It wasn't really that bad because she had a boyfriend and sometimes she wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did get stupid, ugly on with, with us. Mm-hmm. Us with like, you owe me this, you owe me that, you owe me this. And I decided I'm just going to move and get my own place. Mm-hmm. And and that would have to say, and it didn't really get that bad. Good. But that's what I would have to say would be the worst because any other um, rule roommate would really I didn't have uh the last one is me and your dad and that's been good I had a a couple along in my relationships with different guys and stuff like that but they never got bad that's so I don't have to say that's the worst that I I would have had you heard Mm -hmm. you've lived with other men um, not short. I mean, not long. Very shortly. But yes, I have. Yes, uh-huh. I have. And we, because if someone stays at your house more than a month, uh-huh. you, they're living with you. It's, yeah, consistently. They actually, yeah, yeah. And they actually can literally give you a hard time moving right. out if they got mail or anything like yes. that there at your home. But yeah, I did spend, I did live a, um, a, with a couple of guys, um, like maybe, I don't think any of them last more than six months. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How, oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. How many other guys? About three. Okay. Mm-hmm. About three that I felt like, oh, this is my boyfriend. We're going to live together da, 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 and all that stuff. But um, even a couple of them wasn't even that. It just happened. They wind up staying that long. They go to work, come back home, come to you know my place. It was always my place. I never went and lived uh-huh. with them. Uh-huh. So it was always so, my place. I think that's smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way you can... Put them by when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so these people would come. So like, let's say the guy that would go to work and come. Did he have a place of his own? Did he have a place to go? There, two of them did. Okay. Yes, two okay. of them did. And one was looking for a place. And thank God, by the time I was ready for him to go, he had it. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get if I get an apartment in New York, mm-hmm. I'm gonna find me a street tough to come over after he makes all his deals on the street. A street tough. Yeah, a street tough. <laughs> 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 that so, means he's tough in the streets. Why? Like he's tough in the streets, but he <laughs> likes to get beat in the sheets. No, oh, right. whoa. Well, well, see. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, so let's say. Uh, oh, it's your turn. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's just see. 
Huh, what did I think about? Yeah, uh, actually, you did ask me because um, I, I didn't go into something and I asked you because we drawn our love not to. Oh, roommates. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Oh, I did right. want to tell that story, though. Okay. Um, my worst roommate. Oh. Uh, really quickly, there was okay. a, uh, so there was a, a, um, a girl that I lived with in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it happened right at the time I was looking for a new apartment. I had actually been squatting in my last apartment, speaking of squatters' rights, okay. uh, getting mail and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came home for Ty's wedding. Ty and Michael got married 12, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And, I got, and I was like, dang it, when I get back, I'm going to have to figure out how to find an apartment. And it was just going to be this stressful situation. But I was here for almost a month. Mm-hmm. And I got a call literally as I landed. I was with you. We were renting a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a call saying that we got this apartment in Brooklyn. So I was able to just chill and have a wonderful time for my vacation here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I met this girl. I thought it was, I was so excited. And I was really ready to just chill because I met this girl doing plays in New York. She was a stage manager for this uh, this director that I knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would always do their shows, and she was my stage manager, so I knew that she was reliable. I knew that she was responsible. I knew that she had to have been somewhat sane. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I wasn't worried about living with her. Mm-hmm. And when I got back to New York, I got back in January. I moved out of there before March. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like an absolute terrible bitch was crazy. <laughs> she I, at one point I was like, girl, I feel like you think I'm your man. Mm-hmm. She was like, I do, I do, I get confused. Uh, I, I, I do, I guess. I was like, girl, I'm gay. As far as you need to know, I'm gay. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with any of that. Um, I said, I also feel like you think that because I'm your man, when I go grocery shopping, I go grocery shopping for us. Right. She said, yeah, I just kind of figured it wouldn't be a big deal. No, 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 no. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. We're roommates. Yeah. That's it. The the meaning of roommates, obviously. Yeah. And she she loved black men, too. So she really got confused. Wow. I was going to say, she might have even offered you that opportunity based on thinking, she was going to get some she, draws. Absolutely. Oh, the living experience. Oh, well, I don't know. I would hope not. And and if so, then that explains why she was so... I mean, mm-hmm. she's a girl. So, of course, mm-hmm. she's going to be moved when I uh, turn down her advances. But things broke down. So, you know, I was out of there within two months. <laughs> right. Okay. And it wasn't too many arguments. It was just yeah. that. Mostly, that was the biggest thing. I was just mm-hmm. like, honey, I, I don't, I don't, I don't roll like that. Also, don't eat my stuff. Right. Don't well, eat my we stuff. We know about that. Don't yeah. eat his stuff. That's one of his biggest pet peeves, y'all. Yeah. Don't mess with his stuff, especially if you don't ask first. Yeah. Don't do it. I don't want to come back to my stuff expecting it to be there and it's gone. Yeah. I would have made other plans. You could have just asked. Yeah. You know? Absolutely agree. Yeah. Absolutely. You know how wrong that can go. So <laughs> we do know how stuff. wrong that can go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Well, I got another question for you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, you know, um, we were talking about my age, and as mm-hmm. you get older, your body, um, you have these little aches and pains that you go through. Sometimes they're from previous aches and pains that you got, and now they come back to crippling on you. So I was just thinking about this. If you had to, if if you had a choice mm-hmm. to suffer all your life's pain in one excruciating, painful minute and live the rest of your life painless, or live a well, you literally can live a normal, or you can live a normal life. Which one would you choose to just take it all in one minute, get all your excruciating suffering and pain, and then you get to live this painless life, or just live a normal life where you just go through the ups and the downs, the bumps and the bruises and the pain that you go through? Which which would you prefer? One minute only, one sixty-second period. Um, I was thinking, 
I, yeah, okay. Um, I, when I originally thought about it, I said one minute, but and and when you think about it, if you're gonna take all of life's pain in one minute, yeah, that's, easy. that's a that's yeah, it's it's easy to say that I just take that because in a minute it'd be over. But this this pain is all of life's. I get that, mm-hmm. but I know that it isn't gonna kill me, and I can get through sixty seconds because okay. the deal is that I can live the rest of my life without experiencing any pain. Yes, I'll, I'll take I'll take uh, I'll take the sixty seconds. I think I would too because of uh, being of being at the age where as soon as you fix one thing, it's like a car. As mm-hmm. <laughs> soon as you fix one thing, another thing breaks down mm-hmm. on your body. It's really like a car. So um, I, I would have to say, um, when I was thinking about that, I was like, man, to have to wake up to fix something today and then wake up tomorrow and something else is wrong, let's just fix it all right now in this minute, get it over with, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. But, you know, I actually was talking to somebody, and they said that they would just rather live their regular normal life mm-hmm. because there are so many ups and downs and bru- bumps and bruises till they wouldn't want they would just would prefer to just and I could get that understand mm-hmm. that they would just prefer just live their life not even knowing when it's going to come yeah <laughs> i think because the, what makes good times good times mm-hmm. is is the is the, the acknowledgement of the poor times the bad right. times that's what, that's how we value that's why we value the good mm-hmm. times because we know that there have been worse times so i get that mm-hmm. also two points um mm-hmm. i was saying that the deal is that after that minute i get to live the rest of my life pain, pain. free yeah uh but who knows how long the rest that could be another minute it yeah, can literally be just right. one more minute that's right uh secondly uh but to your point you were mm-hmm. saying uh that it's like a car and that you choose maybe one minute too because you'd have to keep having to work on your body and so on and so on. But that doesn't say anything about pain. Like, if you what if you choose so all of that but mm-hmm. you go through, let's say, a, you need to get a new knee but this, it doesn't, but it doesn't hurt. Painful, right? Yeah. Yes. That's why you have to um, watch the play on the, that, um, we, we did it, we were talking about this little thing. Um, if you had a genie in mm-hmm. your life and the choices that you choose, you have to pay attention to what it is you're asking for yes. because there's always a little loophole loophole that, yeah. that you may be sorry for. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you got to raise it right. Know yes. what it is you're asking for. You have to use your words deliberately. Exactly. Yes. yes. Okay. Right, well, that was interesting. That was interesting. I would still choose a minute, though. Yeah. I, I think I because I, I mean, I get like the bad times. I mean, but I still would be able to have the bad times to recall. Like, mm-hmm. if I were to make that deal right now, mm-hmm. um, to live a life of no pain, I guess, per that theory, would mean there would be no ups and downs. It would just be kind of smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. But I think I would still find a way to appreciate that because I'll have had 33 years of, of reference, of mm-hmm. referencing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know what a bad time is. So mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy the next 33 years or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Um, let's see. What you got for me? What you got for me? I got some questions. You got some questions? Yeah. Um, let's see. Do you believe in second chances and why? Hmm. Yes, I do. Because no one's perfect. And, um, to give someone a second chance may be the best thing you could have done. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing perfect. So, um, and to be very honest with you, I'm that person that likes to live my life to treat others as you want others to treat you. Mm-hmm. And I would love for somebody to give me a second chance, but, yeah. because we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's why I don't believe in that shit. Fuck you. I'm just playing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree exactly. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, 
more to a point that I've heard you make several times within being while being here this past year is that it's never too late to restart, to re-navigate, mm-hmm. to reroute. Rerouting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that, yeah, because of that, you know, you, you're giving yourself or you're being allotted another chance. Mm-hmm. Do you want to ask me one more and I'll ask you one more? All right. Let me do one more. All right. Let me see. Let me look through my pages. Uh, I'm going to make sure this page ain't flipping, making too much noises. Okay. Let's see. Hmm, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Hmm. But in terms of love, while you look, okay. uh, In terms of love, Uh um, a second chance. I don't. I don't know if I do that very well. Like Mm. I don't. I haven't. um, I haven't. I haven't given too many people another chance Mm -hmm. because I'm kind of like I go into situations to Mm -hmm. learn a lesson Mm -hmm. and. I'm not usually going to go back into that same situation. It's like, I already know how this plays out. I've already done it. I already, I've seen how this goes and Mm -hmm. I've learned the lessons. Unless I feel like there's more to gain, then I'll I'll do that. But I usually know. I'm not going to, I don't usually do that. Yeah, I I don't usually, um, because I'm going to be honest with you, one's burned. But it's according to the situation and the person, mm-hmm. honestly, um, whether or not. Because I, I, there are, like you said, I'm going to be honest with you, some people just show their true colors the first time. So why would mm-hmm. you waste your time mm-hmm. on giving that person a second chance? Let me just walk away from mm-hmm. this. So I, I really do believe that it's according to the situation and the person. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you can have a, and that's about it, too. Mm-hmm. Like some people are like, well, I don't know, third strike, you're out. No, for the most part, it means mm-hmm. the second strike, you're out. Mm-hmm. I, you show me your colors. I gave you the benefit of the doubt. And probably because we had words and you asked me to give you that. Because I'm going to be honest with you, you don't ask, I'm probably just going to walk away from it. Certainly. You know, so we, somehow we got back in each other's lives somehow. And, but that's it. You're not going to get another chance. It's not no three strikes, you're out. There's mm-hmm. two strikes, you're out. Second exactly. chance is it. Literally, the saying goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool right. me twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm. You don't get a third chance. Right. You don't get a third Absolutely. opportunity to screw I me. totally, totally agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I know one of the things I was thinking about, nowadays, school, like last year was crazy with mm-hmm. homeschooling mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, I, mean, I just thank God every day I did not have to do that because they got this new math, this new this, this new this, <laughs> new everything. And my poor child probably wouldn't have been able to go to the next grade. But who knows? We all, you're never too old to uh, learn and you're never too young to teach. So who knows? But on that thing, I think about what they're teaching in school nowadays. And I thought about it. Um, if you had a chance, a choice, what's one of the things that you wish while you were in school they may have taught and why? Career building. Okay. So, like, I know that there were certain classes and certain courses that you could mm-hmm. take uh, and, and certain counselors that you could go to in mm-hmm. situations like that. But I didn't, uh, I wasn't given those opportunities. I didn't take advantage mm-hmm. of those opportunities. I didn't go seeking that. But if it were a course that I had to take, I think I would have been a little more uh, interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that there was like a, a course at our high school called Life Skills okay. where they taught you like how to write a check and mm-hmm. like how to like how, the, the basic skills of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I would have enjoyed because even at the conservatory I went to mm-hmm. toward the end there, there were a little bit of uh, there was a little bit of guidance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or a, a few tools that they handed you on your way out of the door. But mm-hmm. 
that wasn't a really even there like they weren't really focused on the business of acting they taught us how to act uh, and they taught us how to establish relationships Mm -hmm. because those are the resources that you're going to take advantage of when you need them but uh, they didn't really like connect you to okay well here's a manager you know here's a team of people here's a you know Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't really focus on the business so the so building career building okay all right yeah that sounds good I like that I would have liked that more in my schooling, too, when I came out. I, I noticed a lot of, after I got out of school, a lot of opportunities and a lot of, um, like, job, career, as you say, um, opportunities that um, started happening towards the end of my, the guy, I, we, if they had gotten counselors in school, but they weren't really, I don't know if it maybe was because they didn't have the resources at their hands, but I didn't feel that my guidance counselor was very um, helpful. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the schools, after I got out of high school, where I had opportunities, like even not only show you, um, like you said, but they not only showed you a um, thing, but they actually helped you uh, acquire employment or something mm-hmm. in those in those uh, trades that mm-hmm. they te- they're teaching you we didn't have those opportunities when I was in school and mm-hmm. I wish that they did when since you yeah, you made me think of that but I'm gonna be honest with you one of the things that I really wish they would teach a little bit more in school especially when I was in school is about our black history mm-hmm. there is just so much misunderstanding and non given information about what we as black citizens contributed to America and mm-hmm. it's starting to come out now. Um, this year with Black History Month, we did. I, I did a little Black History Challenge on my Facebook page. Every day, I would give a note, uh, a, a give a fact, and then ask a question. Mm-hmm. And this made it fun. And those of everyone who answered that question correctly got to get in a raffle for us, um, for me to raffle off one of uh, you know what something on my bedroom candy collection. Okay. And it was great. I learned so much in getting those that information for them till I you're never too old to learn. That's yeah. I say. It was so much that they really left off for us. Good. So I would like a little, little little bit more black history in the schools. Yeah. Hopefully they, they said they are. They're mm-hmm. changing the curriculum. I saw something on the news, even as high as um, college education, that mm-hmm. they're going to change. So hopefully they will. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um, I think that uh, these days it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's best to outsource your your uh, your education. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily trust anything that they're giving mm-hmm. in terms of black black education mm-hmm. in a regular school like in a public school or yeah. even really a charter or private school mm-hmm. like I think that it's up to parents and uh, young people to go and find you know a simple mm-hmm. Google you know Absolute, we'll, we'll yeah. give you everything you need to know I totally agree yeah yeah I've learned from you mommy don't know just Google it you know yeah um, so when's the okay. luck when's the when have you felt luckiest? Ooh, when have I felt luckiest? Ah, wow. Huh. Ah. I knew, oh, God, that's a hard, that's a good question, but it's a hard question because I, luckiest, huh? Life has evolved so for me till that changes, that has changed. Because I would say, oh, I, I felt the luckiest when I, found my soulmate or got married or something like that but life has evolved Mm -hmm. and um that wasn't absolutely the way it turned out to be but um luckiest honestly 
there's been so much good things in my life. And I'm that person that literally, literally, really, truly look at, thank God, um, you, I, my life is down this path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I haven't, God has blessed me to not have a whole bunch of, if you want to call it bad luck. I don't know if I even really believe in luck. I believe in you making your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a lucky thing. You have to do something to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You can sit there and pray all you want, but if you don't actually put action to it, it's not going to go down. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say luckiest is when God answered my prayer. Because ever since I was a child, I always said I wanted only a, I want two two children, a girl and a boy. And God blessed me with those two children. So I would have to say the luckiest is is being able to say that I do have a son and a daughter. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that you mentioned love first because I feel luckiest when I get to experience love. I think I, I was dating this guy one time and I remember like waking up in mornings or whatever and like the first thing I would see, you know, were his mm-hmm. eyes looking at me or, you know, stuff like that. And I would say to him then, I got so lucky. I got so lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember he was saying, uh, he would be like, really? I, oh, shut up. Stop saying that or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when we were breaking up, uh, he said to me, we went to, we went to see a play, went to see a musical. And then we uh, had dinner afterwards. And or we had dinner before we went for drinks afterwards. And um, I remember him reminding me that I used to say to him how lucky I was and how lucky uh, I was to have him and how lucky I got. Mm-hmm. And he went down this list of thank yous because without this experience, I wouldn't know this or I wouldn't have that or I wouldn't, you know, so on and so on. And then he closed it out with saying, so in the end, I was the lucky one. I was like, oh, you mother, mother, mother. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like that. That's absolutely great because um, um, based on that level, I had quite a few feeling lucky moments because there was a time um, that I would, just like you said, just look, over and say, oh man, I was lucky. I found the right person. Oh, I, mm-hmm. you know, I was lucky, lucky. And love definitely makes a person feel lucky. Mm-hmm. There have been more than one time in my life that I felt like, oh, I'm so lucky to have this person in my life. But because you do learn from them and you do get, you know, uh, it don't necessarily even have to be material things mm-hmm. um, and that you can carry on with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, usually it's not mm-hmm. yes, a material thing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. At least per my experience, because I know yeah. that's not the case for everyone. Yeah, so absolutely. Because I have go into rings it. and things and stuff from people still to this day that were given to me um, throughout a relationship. Right. And mm-hmm. some people actually don't go into relationships unless there is a material gift uh, possibility. That's too bad. Yeah. yeah. That's about me and wrong there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless that's the other person's objective, because, you know, like, there yeah. is a such thing as a love language. Yeah. And if, if yours is to give mm-hmm. gifts, you know, gift right. giving, then then that then that's a perfect match. That's absolutely Perfect pairing. True. Yeah. But anyway, all right. I think it's time to take a little break. I think so, too. All righty. We'll be back, guys.
day where it seemed to turn into a love song. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. That's one of my favorite songs. Uh, well, we're back. We are back with our uh, with our segment called The Plug. And, well, what better way to come into a segment called The Plug? <laughs> um, that was me covering my one of my favorite songs of all time called La Vie en Rose. And I do a lot of these covers. I also sing live uh, for you. Uh, my son and I are Leo's at gmail.com. I'm Egbert Bernard across social media. Slip into my DMs. Ask me whatever service you need. I'll, I got it for you. Mm-hmm. Singing wise, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have anything to tell the people? Yeah, actually I do. As you all know, I'm an Avon representative. You can find me at www.youravon.com slash Tahida Gibson. And I'm also my absolutely favorite job that I I call it my business, y'all. It's bedroom candy. Where you can be the face of bedroom candy doesn't mean if you're black. You doesn't care if you're black, white, male, female, um, gay, lesbian, transgender, whatever. Bedroom candy has it for you. And we just have a new product online. Absolutely just came today. It's our shave cream. And our it's in the men's line, but we, you can shave any part of your body. It's absolutely great for a shave that's incredibly smooth and incredibly close. It's rich in emollients and moisturizing oils. It's a lightweight moisturizing shave lotion that keeps skin smooth and hydrated and acts as a protective barrier during shaving, reducing irritation while rejuvenating properties of tea tree oil. It's, you can enjoy a silky soft skin after every shave. It's full, you want to use it by just shaving any sensitive area, your legs, your underarm, your faces, and even your most intimate areas for unmatched smoothness and comfort. It's gentle and sensitive and intimate skin. It's vegan friendly, cruelty free, and it's made in the United States and it's only $18. Oh. So you can go to my website which is www.bedroomcandy.com slash one nine zero seven. Why don't you just hit us up at my son and I are Leos at gmail.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it here last. We'll be back. <laughs> yes. My son and I. And we're back. My son and I. Yes, yes. Here to close out yet another episode. Ooh. Yay. We're doing it, mother darling. Yes, we are, son. All right. This is, <laughs> I'm having fun. Absolutely. Good. So everybody, you stay blessed, safe, and prosperous. And I will see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile.
Mama. Mama.